Amen. Just nine months and so much has happened and I look to the Lord and so many Sundays I stand up here and just just honored to stand before you and I, I just thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God for his faithfulness. What just started as a vision, God has brought it into fruition and I thank him for his faithfulness every single Sunday when I stand before you and I thank God for you, those that are serving. So many times you don't see the people who are doing the real ministry every Sunday morning. About 4,950 man hours have been volunteered just in nine months. That, 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 that says a lot about our team. And, and, if you, and if you are not serving yet, I, uh, coming up in January, we're going to have an opportunity for you to, to, to get in on that because we, we need help. We need people serving. You've seen all these places that we've reached out to, whether it's finances or, or serving or bringing food, whatever. If someone says we don't do outreach, say, go watch the video because that's, that's just nine months. We've been doing a lot of outreach, and it's, God has just continues to open doors for us to, to reach people outside of these walls, and that's what the church is about. And we we need you to be a part of that. So coming up in January, we're going to have a legacy track. It's going to, you can learn more about the church and you can learn more about how you can get on board and helping us reach the city. Amen. Amen and amen. We have some special guests here today. I don't know if you noticed this guy's name. Uh, his name is Chase also, and uh, he's actually from uh, Rome, but he is serving as a worship pastor at Gateway City Church in Colorado, and he's here. Chase, wave your hand. Let's, let's give Chase a hand, and thank you for being here today. We had some of our people that needed to be absent today, so it was a perfect time for him to come. Uh, uh, he's in here today. His family is part of Legacy Church, Angie and Chuck uh, Johnson, his, his parents, and Van and Brenda Baxter, his grandparents. So we're, he's, we're glad that he's here ministering with us today. And Sarah's sister is here today and her kids. You know those family members I've been talking, preaching about during Christmas? They made it, okay? They, they made it. I'm just, I'm just kidding, okay? But uh, they are here today all the way from the big town of of Martinsville, Virginia, okay? So they are here today, down south, down south. Let's open up our word this morning to Luke chapter 2. Uh, this morning, we've been talking about making room, and you're saying Christmas is over, but now that Christmas is over, it's really just begun on what we need to do with this story. And uh, I'm going to be wrapping this up today, talking about our story in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 21, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he had belonged to the house and line of David, and he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This, is, this will be a sign to you. 
and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rest. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And this is where we're going today. It says in verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at, all the she- at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise this child, he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And as we've been reading these last couple of weeks in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Will you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you, O God, for your presence that has already been in this place today, God. Lord, I pray that today, Lord, you Your word, this word that is spoken, Lord, will just begin to take root in someone's heart and in their life. I pray that it will fall on ears that are ready to receive, oh God. Lord, I pray that as this word comes forth today, that it will change lives, that it will impact lives today, oh God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season that we have been in. God, but remind us that it's not over, but it's really just beginning, Lord. And so let let us continue to make room for the greatest gift of all your son to us and we thank you and the church said amen this morning amen and amen as i've talked about christmas is over but it's really just beginning and we're going uh, this last um a message today. We're talking about what the shepherds did after Christmas. It said that the shepherds went throughout the towns, throughout the city. Everywhere they went, they started telling their story. They were testifying about the goodness of God. They were sharing the story about what God has done in their life. They were sharing what they had seen in, 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 in his power. And they were telling people, look, this, 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 this kid, he is wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting lasting father. He is the prince of peace. In other words, they were sharing the testimony about the gift that God had given them. See, enemies... Uh, we don't we don't like enemies. Enemies are not like, but they are important because because without enemies, you would not have a testimony this morning. Somebody needs to get that today. I said I said if if it had not been for your enemies. You really wouldn't have a testimony this morning. If it wouldn't be for our enemies, if it wouldn't be for the things that devil had put in our place, I wouldn't be able to stand up here rejoicing, say we made it through another year. We launched well. We, we, it's, been, it's been successful. The church is growing. But every time the enemy comes, guess what? You really got to look at it. It's just really building your testimony. Amen? Because without enemies, you really would not have a testimony. And a testimony uh, is so important that you share your testimony because testimonies are not for you to show off. Testimonies uh, are really made for you to boast in what God 
has done what he is doing and what he can do for others. Amen? So today I'm going to teach to you uh, about the testimony and the importance and the necessity that we make room in our lives to share our testimony about what God has done for us. So here are just a few reasons why you should be sharing your testimony, why you should be sharing that Jesus was born in a manger, that you should be sharing what God done for you throughout this year. The first thing I want to talk about today. The reason you need to be sharing your testimony, the number one is to glorify God. It glorifies God. Scripture is clear. It's real clear. It says honor is given to whom honor is due. That's where you give the honor, but it says all glory belongs to the Lord. So whenever you start sharing your testimony, you are actually activating that scripture. You are exercising that scripture because only the glory belongs to God. Can someone say amen this morning? In Luke 17, just jot this down, verse 11 through 19. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, there were 10 men who had leprosy, and he met them. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when we saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them when he saw he was healed, one of them came back praising God in a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him loudly and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, "Where were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This story, it says there were ten lepers and it wasn't just any old lepers, but it says they were crying out loud for a miracle. See, people get loud when they get desperate. I've seen some people on Facebook, on videos, they get loud whenever their food is late to the table. They start yelling, they get mad. I know, I know that was, that's just first service people, that's not you all. But they get loud when they get hangry. They get, I can't believe it. they're desperate for food. They start getting loud. People will cry out loud when they get desperate. People will shout loud when they get desperate. People will pray out loud when they get desperate. And all of that is great. And Jesus applauds the loud faith. But the word says that out of the 10 loud lepers, only one returns back to him. Not only did he return, but the good thing about it is the thing that you need to get a hold of today is that he returned to give Jesus the glory in the same state that he came looking for a miracle, which was loud. Loudly. See, not only did he come loudly, but he got down on his knees. See, the others were only loud and uh, only loud when they needed something. Hmm. I know that's no one in here. But see, they were only loud when they needed something. But this guy did it. Not only, not, not only was he in need, but he came back in the same manner. He came back to the source in the same manner, loudly in which, in which, in which, uh, in which God gave him his miracle. See, get this today. He was just healed of leprosy. And if you've ever seen someone with leprosy, it will really bring this scripture to life. I was in India with, with some of my family one time, and we were going into the Taj Mahal, and there was a young boy, I'll never forget his face, he had leprosy, and it had literally 
eaten off his, 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 his arm and one of his legs. And he was covered and just looked like ash uh, on his body. And he was walking down the streets with, with, uh, with one leg and one arm. This, the, here are these, there, there are 10 people like this young boy. And God heals all of them. And before you know it, now, now they have a life to live. Now this leper, he's got to go get a job. Now he's got to go get his family. Now he's got to tell people he was healed. See, but before he did any of that, he made room for a testimony. He made room to go back to Jesus loudly, to tell everybody what the Lord has done. See, when we make room for our testimony, you are making, uh, you're making room for God to receive the glory that he deserves. Can somebody say amen this morning? See, because notice that God did not try to quieten him down. He did not rebuke him, but he did rebuke the others for not coming. But, but, but he remained silent and they never returned. See, your desperation must never be greater than the praise of your testimony. That's a challenge. Your desperation must never be greater than the praise of your testimony. Because guess what? If you woke up this morning, testify. If you're saved this morning, testify about it. If you've been healed, you've got a testimony. If he saved your child, testify about it and do it with passion. The same passion that you prayed for it with. The same passion that you were searching for it with. So the first thing, the first reason you need to share your testimony this year is because it gives God the glory. The second thing I want you to understand about your testimony this year is that testimonies defeat the devil testimonies defeat the devil. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, just write it down. It says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the words of their testimony. It is important to note that this verse does not say they overcame because they had a testimony. Hmm. No, no, no. The word doesn't say they overcame because they had a testimony. The word says they overcame because they put words into their testimony. They started sharing what God has done. They overcame. See, if you are alive today, you have a testimony. But it's what you do with your testimony that can really defeat the devil. Every person has a testimony, but few actually put it into words. See, you... you uh, I want, I want you to get this today. You don't overcome the devil because you have a testimony. No, you overcome when you put your testimony into words and into the soul of others. It was Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. There was, this story may be one of the most possessed people in history. I believe it was one of the most possessed people in Jesus' ministry. This is the story of the demon-possessed man that when Jesus said, asked him his name, he said, Legion, because there were so many demons that had, that had invaded his body. Luke chapter 8, verse 38 through 39, it says, the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Go share your testimony. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. See, there are a lot of people that I have witnessed, they receive, but they do not overcome. And as I said, first service, this is going to wreck a lot of theology. Because see, you can receive a miracle, but yet not overcome that thing. Hmm. Silence. You can receive a miracle and still not overcome. 
See, a key to not just receiving but overcoming is to share it. So many people pray to receive it but, but, but forget to share it. See, the miracles that God provides for you, they were not just intended for you, but they were intended for you to share. See, God can perform miracles and yet you can find yourself right back in the same state that you were before the miracle. Amen? It's a miracle that God saved you. But how many people do we see receive the miracle of salvation, but they slip back into the place they were before the miracle of salvation? Someone can write you a check right now and pay off your mortgage. Can somebody say amen? I received that word. Someone, it, is, it would be a miracle. God could lay your house on someone's heart. 10 West Valley Drive, Rome, Georgia. Somebody write that down. Somebody, God could lay your house on somebody's heart and that person write a check and pay off your debt. Mm. But if you don't overcome it, if you don't change the what got you into that place, the miracle, you had not overcome it. You received a miracle, but you did not overcome it because you would, you, would, you, you would find yourself right back in the same situation. See, it was the same with these 10 lepers that we just spoke of. They came, the 10th one came back and was sharing his testimony. And Jesus looked at him, not the other nine. The other nine, Jesus is like, where are they? Where's their testimony? But the one that came back, Jesus looked at him and said, your faith has made you well. Or the King James Version says, your faith has made you whole. See, the others received but did not share it. More than likely, they went back and they received it. But guess what? They were still dealing with some issues. But the one who came back to share his testimony, God said, I'm going to make you whole. Because of the testimony, I'm going to do everything for you. In other words, he was said, not only have I healed you, but you're going to overcome it. Not only have I healed you, but I'm not finished with you yet. Not only have I healed you, but I'm going to set you up for even greater things because you are sharing your testimony. See, I don't want to be a receiver, but yet not an overcomer. Receivers. This is going to go over well. I feel it. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to loosen up today. Say, it's the end of the year. Just, just, just laugh. Just say amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's the end of the year. You made it. Just say amen, laugh or something. Receivers. I know this is none of you. I know this is first service people, okay? That's where all the rebels come. They come early. <laughs> Receivers. Receivers come on a Sunday morning. And they worship. And they get the goosebumps. But on Monday, receivers forget to tell and share about the goodness they just experienced. Mm. Receivers like to eat and partake for free. Mm. They want the programs. They want the lights. They want the fog machines. And you better have that snow again next candlelight service. But they don't want to put forth the effort in serving or giving to make it happen. And they sure aren't going to tell others about it. 
I know this is none of you today. So, oh God, may we not only receive your goodness, but let us tell others with the same passion that, we, that you gave it to us with. God, may we be a church that is only not, that's not only receiving, but God, let us overcome. Let us overcome. See, for, for your word says, we shall overcome by the what? By the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony. See, when the power of your words collides with the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, that's when something happens. Somebody needs to say amen this morning. Somebody needs to come into agreement with me. I said, when your words collide with the blood of Jesus Christ, that's when something starts to happen. You know the blood that reaches to the highest mountain. You know the blood that flows to the lowest valley. You know the blood that, 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 that can break generational curses. You know the blood that can, that can cause cancer to shrivel and move out of someone's body. You know the blood that removes barriers. See, when your words of your testimony collide, with that power of the blood that is when you can overcome that is when you can overcome so make room for your testimony this year Christmas isn't over it's just begun so make room for your testimony because God is looking for a generation of believers that are not only receivers but are overcomers overcomers the third reason you need to be sharing your testimony when you share your testimony you feed faith you feed faith in John chapter 20 verses 24 through 27 the word says or the a sequence that, that that has gone on here Jesus has been crucified the tomb is empty Jesus has appeared to Mary Magdalene Jesus has come back and he's appeared to his disciples but the one that was there that was not there was the one who really needed to be there because it was doubting Thomas, the one who needed to hear the testimony. And in John chapter 20, verse 25, it says, but Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks, Jesus, unless I see the nail marks, Jesus, and listen, I know I was on the boat with you and saw you walk on water, okay? I know I've seen you raise people from the dead. That's cool. I know I saw you do water into wine, but listen, Jesus, until I see the nail marks in your hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand on his side, I will not believe. In verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Listen, okay, Thomas, now listen, if this didn't get you to believe in me, I just walked through the wall and showed up, okay? But listen, if this didn't, he said, guess what? He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. The King James Version says, be not faithless. See, even Jesus had to come back and tell his testimony. That's how important a testimony is. Jesus had to come back and tell his testimony. Why? Because it was to build the faith of others. See, there will be times, guess what? When you don't have a Bible in front of you. There will be times whenever you don't have a pastor in front of you. There will be times when someone has not prophesied over you. There will be times when there is no one there to encourage you. But guess what? But, but I, I was looking and I look at David on the battlefield against Goliath. David was there. Guess what? He was not quoting in scripture. 
Guess what? He was not speaking in tongues. He was not dancing in the spirit. It was nothing like that. No, no, no. All he was doing, he was on the battlefield looking at a giant. He wasn't quoting scripture. He wasn't being in the spirit. No one was speaking to him. No one was encouraging him. He just steps back for a moment when he's at the biggest obstacle of his life to remind himself of his own testimony and to build his faith. Let me tell you something. In life, there will be times when you must build your own faith. And you must remind yourself of the goodness of God. There will be times in this upcoming year where you will be all alone. And you will have to build your own faith. And you may not be able to remember the verse or the chapter, but, but, but you will be able to remember that I made it through this year. You will be able to recount the goodness of God. You will be able to remember your own testimony. Testimonies build faith. And here he was. I can just see him out there as he steps back for a moment to remind himself for his own faith. For he had never fought a giant. But, but he, all of a sudden, he reminds himself, but I have killed a bear with my own hands. He starts saying, but I've been through some things. I may have never seen a giant, but I have killed a bear. See, what, what he was doing in that moment, he was telling himself of the goodness of God. What he was doing in the moment was building his own faith. I can hear Saul now doubting Saul. Well, did, did the prophet give you a word? Did, did you know, did, did, did Samuel lay his hands on you? Have you had any oil on you today? Have you, when's the last time you pay your tithes? All these things. But I can hear David not quoting a scripture, just holding on to his testimony and saying, guess what? If he did it once, he will do it again. If he did it then, he shall do it now. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. I can just hear the doubters on the sidelines. Have you ever fought a giant like this? Man, that's a big sword. You're a little kid. I don't know if you know how to use this or not. What experience do you have? But I can hear little David again said, guess what? If he did it once, he'll do it again. If he did it then, he shall do it now. If he did it for them, won't he do it for me? See, testimonies build up faith because faith comes by hearing. There will be people that you meet this week. There will be people that you walk into these next last two days of this year. They will, they, will not, they will never come in here and hear a word that I preach. But they will listen to your story. They will listen to your testimony. And as you start to share your story and their faith begins to grow, all because you made some room and shared about the goodness of God. Ben, help me out. I was researching I really want you to get this today. If you get nothing else in your notes, I want you to get this right here. I was researching today about testimony and what testimony means, breaking it down. And you really need to get this today. Because as I was looking up the original text of, of, of testimony, the root Hebrew word for testimony in the Old Testament means do it again. Mm. If that don't hit somebody's spirit, I don't know. Your, your wood is really wet this morning. Testimony, the root word means do it again. Whew. See, in other words, 
a testimony is actually a prophecy of what God wants to do again. I'm going to shout myself today. A testimony is actually prophecy of what God can do again. So whenever you're sharing your testimony, you're actually saying, He did it for me. He can do it for you. I lost my job, but He provided one. He can do it for you. My husband or my wife may have left me, but guess what? I'm still standing. He can do it for you. You may be taking popping pills because of your depression, but guess what? God got me off of it. He can do it again for you. Whenever you are testifying, you are saying, God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. You are prophesying to someone. Do it again, Lord. Get this. In the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments were once called the Tablets of Testimony. The Ark of the Covenant was once called the Ark of Testimony. The Tabernacle was called the Tabernacle of Testimony. And I was reading these things while studying testimony, and I thought, God, what what, what significance is this? And I began just to place, do it again. And all of those things. And God just began to speak to speak to me about this testimony and why he allowed it to be put on these words. See, the, and what the significance behind it. The Ten Commandments were called the tablets of testimony. Why? God says, because my law shall rule again. At the end of time, when you stand before the throne, it will all be about my law. It will be about the ark of the, it will be about the law of the testimony. He said, my law shall rule in my people again. The ark of the covenant was called the ark of the testimony why because the ark of the covenant was symbolic of what the holy spirit the lord spoke to me said i allowed it to be called the ark of the testimony because i am telling you i will pour out my spirit again i will do it again he said the are he said the tabernacle was called the tabernacle of testimony why because he said the church shall rise up again why because it's a testimony if i've done it once i can do do it again for you do it again what we see today are testimonies and the prayers of yesterday and what we will see tomorrow will be the testimonies of today somebody needs to testify to somebody Because there's a generation that's coming up. They don't look like us. They don't lead like us. They don't work like us. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's different. There's a shifting going on in the atmosphere and in this world, and it is our duty to share to them what God has done. Why? Because what we see tomorrow will be the testimonies and the prayers of today. Like, look, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been through, but let me tell you something. God brought me through it. I could have I could have taken my own life this year, but let me tell you something. God put a joy in my heart, and it changed my life, and he brought me through it. I was depressed, but guess what? God brought me through it. I lost loved ones, and I didn't know if I was going to make it, but guess what? God brought me through it. And if he brought me through it, let me prophesy to you. Let me testify to you. He will do it for you. He shall do it again. 
Stand with me today. See, when you share your testimony, you are actually giving someone permission to have faith and believe that God can do the same for even me. Come on, let's sing this out this morning. Sing this as a testimony. This isn't a song right now, it's a testimony.